Hi, I'm Steve Scott, and welcome to Knowing Him. Welcome to podcast number 12, and this one's very different than what we're used to talking about, but it's straight from Christ's teaching. So, of course, it has to be good. Whether I blow it or make it okay, that's another story. I tell people I'm a Federal Express guy. All I do is deliver the packages. Uh, I don't create the packages. All the good packages that are valuable are created by God. And all I do is deliver them. So today we're going to look at something that is pretty doggone interesting. You know, um, Jesus uh, went with his disciples to a feast. And there were a lot of Pharisees there. And they were complaining that Jesus' disciples weren't doing what their disciples were doing. Nor were they even doing what... Uh, John the Baptist disciples were doing. John the Baptist disciples and the Pharisees, uh, their disciples were following Jewish tradition. Uh, they would fast, they would pray, they'd wash their hands in a ceremonial way before they eat. And Jesus' disciples didn't do any of the above. And the Pharisees were complaining about it and asking Jesus why their uh, why his disciples were, in a sense, sacrilegious would be one way to look at it, why they weren't observing the traditions and the customs uh, that uh, the Pharisees followed, and even, um, even John the Baptist evidently followed some. And Jesus then gave a little picture that was pretty shocking, to say the least, and yet it is unbelievably powerful when we apply it to our current uh, life and to the transforming power of the Holy Spirit and so on. Uh, so they asked him, how come your disciples don't have to do this? And he says, well, uh, the, bride, the friends of the bridegroom don't fast when the bridegroom's with them because they're getting ready for the wedding and they're all excited. But when the bridegroom leaves, then they'll fast and so on. But then he goes one step further. He says, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. Then he says this, and this is one thing that is uh, really interesting because uh, nobody expected this part. And no one, after drinking old wine, wants the new, for they say the old is better. Now, there are two Greek words for better uh, that are used in the New Testament. One means literally better. The other means good enough. And that's the word he uses here. The old wine is good enough, so why move on? And uh, what Jesus is saying here is that he's got a plan that uh, contains a number of radical changes in God's model and plan for his people. Uh, so first we can deduce that there's a new model and plan. 
Number two, God's new model and plan cannot be adapted, fused, or blended into the older model and the older plan. Uh, trying to adapt or blend the old and the new uh, would completely destroy the incredible worth and value of the new one. And finally, what he's saying here is most people choose the older model and the older plan. Why? Because we like what's comfortable. You know what? Uh, there are things. I, I need a new computer and I need a new telephone. And my wife recently bought a new telephone. And I watched the transfer of data and I watched different problems it brought up. And some data was lost and, and so on. And I thought, you know what? I need a new one, but I'm not going to mess with it right now. Why? Because the old phone is good enough. Is it as good as the brand new iPhone? Not even close. The brand new iPhone, mine's an 11, this is a 13, that the 13 has some huge advantages over the, over the 11. But for me, at my age right now, maybe not next week, but right now, the old is good enough. And that's what Jesus was saying. So we're going to look at these old wineskins that everybody got so comfortable with. And then we're going to look at the new wineskins and, uh, and the new wine. Now, once again, the old wineskins, for most people, are good enough. But they're not what Christ wants. When Christ came, everything changed. Uh, prior to Christ... Uh, God spoke to ancient Israel through the prophets. But when Christ came, according to Hebrews 1, 1 through 3, when he came, uh, God no longer needed to talk through the prophets. He now had his son on the scene. And when the son came, and, and the writer of Hebrews reminds us that it was the son who created the world. The very creator of the world all of a sudden makes a physical visit to earth that lasted for 33 years, and everything that needed to be said, everything that needed to be demonstrated was said and demonstrated through him. Uh, if we look at that Hebrews 1 passage, uh, we'll see that, that he is the total, it's just Hebrews 1, 1 through 3, that Jesus is the total manifestation of the glory of God. A God that is beyond our imagination becomes tangible in the person of Christ. And, and the writer of Hebrews says that, that by the entire world, everything in our universe is held together by Jesus' powerful words. The Son has come. All that which prophets looked forward to was, had finally come and was fulfilled, was fulfilled totally in Jesus. So we have old wineskins and we have new wineskins. We have old wine and we have new wine. So we're going to contrast a few and just take a few minutes on this particular podcast. Then we can follow it up with another podcast and, and go into deeper detail. So the old wineskins, what are they? Religion and the letter of the law, okay? Uh, religion to reveal uh, 
through prophets and priests and so on, the wishes of God to a people. And uh, the people in turn took the law and tried to live it to the letter quite unsuccessfully. Nobody could live to the letter of the law. The Pharisees thought they lived to the letter of the law, but they missed the spirit of the law. And if you miss the spirit of the law, uh, you've missed the law. Jesus pointed this out on the sermon at the Sermon on the Mount. You know, he said, uh, you know, the the Pharisees thought that they had really done well because the law says, "Thou shalt not commit murder." Hey, none of them had committed murder, um, but they had been angry. And Jesus said, "If you've been angry at your brother, you've had the same spiritual problem as a murderer." Well. Who does that convict? If it doesn't convict you, congratulations. You're the one human being on earth who's never been angry at a sibling. Uh, the Sermon on the Mount takes the letter of the law and expands it. Uh, there were Pharisees who said, I've never committed adultery. Jesus said, wait a minute. Any man that's lusted after a woman in his heart has committed adultery with her. Whoops, there we go. That wipes out the male population of the earth. And... Um, the letter of the law was impossible to fulfill except for one person. Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. And he fulfilled it perfectly. And in that, he could be the perfect lamb of God, the spotless lamb without any spot or blemish that could die for our sins. But back to the old wineskins. So the old wineskins are religion and the letter of the law. And a it applied really to those who were physically born into Abraham's lineage, the Jewish race. Now, new wineskins, here we go. Intimate union with the Father and the Son, being spiritually born of the Spirit into God's spiritual family. So the new wineskins are very, very different from the old. Instead of pressing into a religion and into an institution and into being acceptable by all religious standards, the new wineskin is coming into a union with the Father and Son. Jesus gave us the only definition in the entire Bible of eternal life in John 17, 3, when he said, and and this is eternal life. Here he goes. He's going to tell us. And this is eternal life, that they might know you, not know about you, but know you. Uh, we could just very easily, without messing with the translation, insert the word intimate, that they might intimately know you and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. So, the new wineskins are coming into an intimate union with Christ and an intimate union with God the Father. That requires, according to John chapter 3, something happens to us that is outside of our control. Ooh, see, the, the, the people of Israel and the Pharisees foolishly thought that they were in control of God so long as they lived to the letter of the law. Nobody controls God. God is infinite. We're finite. But how about a God that's willing to be our best friend? He couldn't be the best friend of all humanity before Christ came, but in Christ, we can have this union. 
Jesus told Nicodemus, uh, uh, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. So there's a spiritual birth that's required. But once that spiritual birth takes place, then we are born into God's family in a spiritual way. Now, old wine, religion and letter of the law. New wine, moving into intimate union with the Father and Son. And people say, what do you really mean by that? I mean, Jesus becomes your best friend. You are begin to experience him in a way that you've experienced your best friend. That word know, that they might know thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom thou sent, is the word that is also used to talk about when a, a man and a woman come into a spiritual union in marriage. Now, I will tell you, I don't think any man really knows his wife until they get married. And I don't think any wife truly knows her husband until they get married. That's when the rubber really hits the, whole, hits the road. We're kind of drifting in clouds until that union takes place. And then we get to see things that we never saw during the courtship. And that's okay. You know, it kind of shakes us up a little bit. But then we, we get to know the flaws. We get to know the needs. Um, you know, in courtship, uh, men and women rarely present their, the needy side of their life. But after marriage, they can't hide it anymore. And it all becomes visible. And uh, But they also can move into a deeper level of intimacy and love and communication, especially if they know the Lord Jesus, that those things can happen, than they ever could outside of marriage. Okay, so let's look at the old wine, and uh, we'll do a side-by-side -side comparison. We're going to keep this one short because I have to uh, uh, jump on a Zoom call pretty quick. Uh, okay, the old wine, the voice of the prophets, poets, and priests. New wine. Here it is. Voice of the good shepherd. Wow. One voice instead of a thousand voices. One voice instead of all these different people saying, do it this way, do it that way. Don't do that. Don't do that. We have one voice. Jesus said in John 10, 26, speaking of Gentiles, I believe, uh, he said, I have sheep of another flock or another fold or pen, and I must gather them or bring them also. And he said, they will hear my voice. Whose voice? The voice of the prophets? No, they will hear my voice. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. The new wine has the voice of the good shepherd the voice of a shepherd who loves us so much that he died for us, the voice of a shepherd who loves his father so much that he lived in perfect obedience to the will of God the Father. Okay, old wine, adherence to a law, trying to live up to a law, I can tell you, I have a hard time living under laws, and that's not good, but, but uh, sometimes when I'm in a hurry, I kind of speed a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's an understatement. And, uh, but, uh, but you know what? I, I have to weigh it out. And I think, well, I need to be there. I don't want to be rude to everybody. And I've run a little late. That's an excuse. I shouldn't 
I shouldn't support making excuses, but adherence to the law was the old wine. The new wine is reliance upon Christ. Wow, what a difference. 600 and some odd laws in the Old Testament, a person in the New Testament. You can't be best friends with a law book, but you can be best friends with a person coming to know Jesus Christ as your best friend. Over and over again throughout my life, I've had people say, you talk about Jesus as if he's your best friend. Uh, guess what? He is. He's performed hundreds of miracles in my life, in me, around me, sometimes through me. Um, he has endured with great patience my failings. And instead of kicking me out of his family, he's just hung with me and waited for me to repent and come back to him. Uh, wow. New wine, reliance upon Christ. Old wine, restrictions of the letter of the law, okay? Man, did the Pharisees have a problem with that? You know, they constantly got mad. Jesus healed people from terrible illnesses, such as paralysis. That's pretty bad when you're a quadriplegic to be healed from that on the Sabbath. And you know what? The Pharisees got upset that he broke the law. Forget that he just healed somebody. And he said to them, you know, you'll chase after one of your farm animals that gets stuck in a ditch and pull them out on the Sabbath, but you get angry at me because I give a woman or a man or a child their life back? See, that's the old wine, the new wine, freedom in the spirit. The old wine, you had no access to God except through a priest. New wine, God's children have direct access to God. Jesus teaches us that in the gospel, especially the gospel of John. Old wine, you rely on the priest's intercession. In other words, you can't make intercession for yourself. You have to rely on a priest. The new wine is you're relying on the Holy Spirit interceding for you. And even Jesus himself making intercession for us. The old wine, warring against our sin nature, our new wine, being born of the Spirit with a new nature. So it's no longer just my powerless, impotent old nature struggling with sin. It's my new nature, which has within it the Spirit of God. Does it create a, does it end the battle? No, I just have a new ally. The new ally is the Holy Spirit. That's a great ally to have. He's a great ally to have. Old wine, following the traditions of religion. New wine, woohoo! We get to follow the good shepherd. Wow, what a difference. We follow Jesus Christ. Jesus is alive today. I talk to him every day, and every single day for the last 58 years, he's talked to me through his words. His words. I'm not talking about Bible study, I'm talking about the words of Jesus Christ as they are recorded in the Gospels. Old wine, obey the burdensome commandments and traditions of men. New wine, obey the non-burdensome commands of Christ. The apostle John, who was more intimate with Jesus than any of the disciples, said of Jesus' commands, they are not burdensome, they don't weigh you down. 
Remember our study earlier in one of the earlier podcasts where we looked at the rabbinical yoke. Jesus said of his rabbinical yoke, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The yoke are the teachings of a rabbi and the interpretations of the law of a rabbi. And Jesus said, mine doesn't put a burden on you. The rabbinical yokes of other rabbis weigh you down with, with burdensome commands and traditions of men. Old line, governance from the outside, okay? The big list of to-dos. You're gonna do this, 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 and this, and you're gonna be judged if you don't, and vice versa. Okay, guess what? New line, guidance from the Holy Spirit in you. You see, when you're born of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes and literally indwells and takes up union and residence in your spirit. Old wine, learn the teachings of men. New wine, learn the teachings of the good shepherd. Here's where we fall short today. I know very few people who study the teachings of Jesus Christ. He's your good shepherd. At the transfiguration, God the Father himself told Jesus' closest disciples, James, John, and Peter, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. Remember that? Okay, old wine, connection to religion. New wine, connection to the vine. Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. That kind of intimate connection where the lifeblood of the vine flows right into the branches and produces fruit. That's what a difference. Can you? Are you starting to see it? Old wine, pressured by leaders to conform. New wine, con comforted by Jesus and the counselor, the Holy Spirit. We get comfort and counsel instead of pressure. Old wine, condemnation. New wine, liberation from the condemnation of sin. Does it mean that we walk sinless? Hey, nobody and I've known some really godly men. I've been blessed with godly men in my life. We all struggle with pride. We all struggle with envy or jealousy at different times, sometimes with greed. You know, greed isn't just about money. Greed can be greed for time with somebody. So then you become possessive. We all struggle with it, but we're not condemned by it. We're liberated by the from the condemnation of sin. Paul said, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, the old wine, hopelessly dead in sin. No deliverance from sin. We didn't have the power. New wine, we're made alive in Christ, Ephesians chapter two. Old wine, you're on your own. New wine, you've got the protection and provision of the good shepherd. Can you see the difference between the old and the new? Oh my goodness. Old wine, no justification for sin. You sin, you're condemned. Guess what? New wine, justified by being perfect? No. Justified by doing better? No. Justified by faith in Christ. Oh my goodness, what a difference. The law came through Moses, old wine. New wine, grace and truth, John chapter one. Grace and truth came through Christ. Old wine, wages of sin is death. New wine, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Old wine, false hope in self. 
new wine, safe hope, hope that won't be disappointed in Jesus Christ. New wine, never-ending work and strife. Old, I mean, sorry, old wine. New wine, rest and refreshing for your soul. Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30, by the way. Old wine, faith that God would provide an atonement. New wine, faith in Jesus and his atoning sacrifice. Wow, do you want the new wine or do you want the old wine? You wanna know something? Most people today choose the old wine. Why? They like the comfort of religion. It's structured. I can do that. I go to church. I hear a sermon. Okay, he says, do this, this, and this. I can do that. Whew. Only you think you can. New wine. Coming to know Christ is your best friend. Jesus said most people will say the old wine is good enough. It's where their comfort zone is. My dear friend, Jesus is calling you to new wine and new wineskins. You know, you've heard me in the past 10 podcasts urge you to get in the Gospels. Get to know Christ more intimately in the Gospels. Look at his life. Pray about his life, what he did, how he did it, who he did it with. And, uh, and listen to his words. His words are spirit and they are life. We've been through the 21 promises Jesus made about his words. Listen, you're listening to these podcasts. If you're not getting into the gospel, starting with the gospel of John and then going to Matthew and Luke and Mark, if you're not doing that, you, you don't even need to listen to these podcasts. There's no hope for you till you start getting into the words of Jesus Christ. His words are spirit and life. I have so many people. I was just in a, a church a while back, and I said, how many of you in the last week have been stressed? Nearly every hand went up. How many of you in the last couple of weeks have had worry? Almost every hand went up. How many of you in the last couple of weeks have had fear? Nearly every hand went up. You know why? Because they're not in Jesus' words. Jesus' words. Give us the answer that makes our life so much more stress-free. They give us the answer that can take the worry and fear away. But if you're not in his words, you're not having that infusion of his spirit in his life. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Without me, you can do what? Nothing, nothing of spiritual significance nothing of spiritual consequence. We need the transforming power of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit uses Jesus' words and Jesus' life to provide the power into our spirit and life so we can have this. Well, we're going to come to an end on this one. We'll pick it up in our next podcast. Uh, we'll talk more about the new wine, the new wineskins, and how you can begin that flow. Um, this is all good news. You know, Jesus gave us a command. Right at the beginning of his ministry, uh, he said, repent. That means change your ways, turn around. You're going in the wrong direction. You've been in the direction of self-centeredness. I'm telling you to turn around and walk toward me. That's what repentance means and believe the gospel. The word gospel is an English transliteration of 
of the word that means good tidings or good news. New wine is good news. Man, it's a trillion times better than the old wine. And it's available to us today. So let's close our little time in prayer. Father, we thank you for the new wineskin, the wineskin of intimacy with you and your son that Jesus made possible. And through him and through his words, it goes from being possible to being our reality. That's the reality we want, Father. We want intimacy with you and intimacy with your son. We want the new wineskins and we want the new wine that only comes from you through the vine into our branch, into us, through the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your love and patience with us, for your kindness and mercy. We thank you that your yoke is not heavy, your commandments are not burdensome. We thank you that you have called us into a relationship with you rather than into the law of a new religion, even if that religion has the name Christianity attached to it. That's not your new wineskin. Lord, help us to make our lives all about you. And we ask this, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, your dear Son, our dear Savior, and our good shepherd. Amen. Amen. Okay. Thank you, Dad.